to RBN Incendiary Radio with Mr. Robert Raybould. I'm Frederick C. Blackburn, a.k.a. Blackbird 9, filling in tonight. And I've got Miss Mer Bailey with us. And uh, we're talking about uh, Alex Jones and uh, Brother Nathaniel. But real quick, please, 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 if you still have resource, please donate to RBN. Keep this station on the air. We have to have this station and shows like this uh, to combat this big mockingbird weaponized propaganda machine that we're up against. So every little bit helps. So if you can chip in a little bit, we really appreciate it. So, Murbelli, what jumped out at you about the uh, Brother Nathaniel Alex Jones interview? Yeah, there there were quite a few things, but what I was... um interested in you know following this uh thing that jones is hicks which he's 60 term turns 62 on the 16th of december all right and it was uh funny because um washington's day when they changed the calendar from july to july <laughs> julian to gregorian i guess it's getting late for me i don't know <laughs> you know that washington's birthday was changed from february 11th to the uh 22nd and made him like a year older in 11 days right right and, and that had to mess kind of i would think too with a new country right you're messing with the time of course they messed with the uh measuring right the yard and the metric meter and all that kind of stuff but um so alex jones uh the birthday uh for him supposedly is ta-da, february 11th <laughs> 74 so Kapner as he called him right he kept calling him Kapner said um, well we're over 50 they don't care about us right and and he quick went to a commercial but uh, that would make him not 50 yet until February 11th and time waits for no man sorry Jonesy <laughs> yeah, I was shocked when I saw that you know, they give Alex Jones' original uh, official age is 49, and mm-hmm. I thought he and I were closer in age than that, so I thought that was kind of weird. Well, see, but, uh, a, I was just going to say, it's a, it, that's another thing. We, you know, we look into things, what we think are going to happen and things that have happened, but it's kind of hard to look in the present exactly at what's happening right now. And I, I get some flack for, um, you know, saying that he's Bill Hicks. But, you know, Kevin Booth's only two, and it's only one, actually, clients were him. <laughs> and he's supposedly buried in his parents' front yard, Hicks, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yeah. He's 62. Look at him. Does he look 49 to you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're in the chat room. We were talking this morning about just the development of InfoWars and all that. And, you know, it, like so many things, started up in the late 90s in the run-up to uh, 9-11. And one of the interesting parts of the thing was when he was first getting started that he tried to get so many other shows 
taken off the air. And I did not know that little part of the story. Had you heard that before? No, but that's yeah, and that's Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've run into in the so-called truth movement is, you know, people are always trying to shut my shows down, but yet they claim to be part of the truth movement, and you find out that they're, you know, trying to get you shut up. And, you they're know, controlled opposition, you yeah. know? I mean, they'll t- speak out against the Jews to some degree, or even even a great degree at, t- at times, but then they flip uh, back to, uh, you know, like saying things like the uh, attack on the Liberty was an accident and stuff like that. <laughs> right. And uh, well, I guess one of the things um, that, you know, really uh, got me was Alex Jones just constantly saying he wants the big tent where everybody's welcome. Right. And it's like, well, that's the Calergi plan, and that's kind of what we've got, and it doesn't work, you know. And my question with him is, will there be a kosher section in this big tent? (laughs) (laughs) And will people like me? Yeah. You know, will people like me be allowed in the big tent? Are we? You know, we're not allowed in the big tent, right? Unless you dress up like Brian Rue, right, dude? (laughs) Go over the top. Ken, uh, anyway, that's just creepy. That's like, yeah. a, okay, it's a traveling circus, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, did you, uh, trying to think of the other aspects of it, there's just a lot of stuff in that interview, and it was it interesting was. just how uncomfortable each one of them was with the other. You know, you could definitely tell that this there was a tense interview. Yeah. Um, and, Kapner seemed to be having more fun, though. <laughs> yeah, he, he did have more fun than Alex, I believe. Well, he had the higher ground. You yeah. Know? Uh, but that, you know, always, you know, uh, going back to Hitler, it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, like Hitler was demonic and Hitler was this, you know. And, and what did Kapner say? And, you know, he's like, well, what's demonic, you know, and, you know, comparing it to, well, what's BB Nutty Yahoo doing, right? Right. And I had fun at Alex's expense. I sent him a tweet on X and uh, basically had a picture of a chicken swinger rabbi and said, you know, basically, dear Alex Jones, which is more demonic, a sinful chicken swinger sending an innocent creature soul to hell for all eternity. And then it had a picture of, uh, of Adolf Hitler with a crow on his shoulder underneath it. I said, or me and uncle telling Jew jokes. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, you know, love and kisses Blackbird 9. And then P.S., you know, will there be a kosher section in the Big Tent? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I didn't get a response, you know, go figure. But, um, yeah, right. He said, can we block this guy? I really blocked this guy, Elon. <laughs> now, did yeah, well, you. Kapner, what, what he said was, uh, uh, well, we're, you know, at that point about Hitler, he said, uh, Look at the pictures of them with children. Children love them. They know evil. Yeah. They know them, you know, and they love me. They come around me, right? And I bet children are scared to death of Alex. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, BB Nutty Yahoo guy. Um, well, um, did you get a chance to listen to the Keith Woods interview with Alex Jones? No. That's worth listening to, huh? I'll have to check that out. Well, one of the things I wanted to do this segment was talk a little bit about the Jeffrey Epstein 
uh, files being released. Uh, so you want to stay and talk about that? Oh, and yeah. Also, yeah. anybody I'll, I'll else? You listen. Yeah. Uh, I, I just you know, appreciate you letting me come through here on Skype because it's freezing. I don't have any heat in the other room. The heater died. So oh, <laughs> no. Phone's on a short leash out there. So. Yeah. And if you want to call into the show, you can call in at 512-248-8252, 512-248-8252, or toll-free 800-313-9443. And to set this up, uh, this is a clip by Mr. Keith Woods, who is one of the people on X that has really gone viral over the last couple of months dealing with the JQ and everybody's wanting him deplatformed because he's saying the wrong things. You know, he's saying accurate, truthful things, but it's the wrong thing. So this is a short clip of him on Alex Jones this week. So give this a listen. Well, you know, it's worth saying Alex just recently got unbanned. I mean, for years, the talk of Jeffrey Epstein was considered an Alex Jones conspiracy because he was one of the few people that was actually talking about this. So he definitely deserves credit as well. Uh, but my question, Alex, I mean, we're all trying to figure this out. And, you know, you said this is a mix of intelligence agencies. But you go back through Epstein's history. The first person to give him a, a, a big job at Bear Stearns was Alan Greenberg, the chairman. Um, then Les Wexner, uh, this Jewish Zionist billionaire, provided him with his apartment in Manhattan, was his only client for his hedge fund, seemed to provide him with all this funding. Um, the first victim that came forward against Epstein, Maria Farmer, claimed that they all worked for the mega group, that this was part of, of the conspiracy of the mega group, that the people involved were, were Jewish supremacists. They, honest to God, think their DNA is better than everybody else. I swear to you. That they talk down to her as like a disgusting white woman. You're nothing because you're not Jewish. You're stupid. You're useless. A useless white girl. A poor little peasant. And, and she couldn't partake in certain things because she wasn't Jewish. It's a Jewish country club. You're not Jewish. They're not going to serve you. Mommy, why do you call Maria a nobody? And she said, honey, Isabel, Maria is not a Jew. She is a nobody. And you look at these people. I mean, Les Wexner was really the main person leading the mega group which was a group of very powerful Jewish philanthropists that funded lots of pro-Israel causes. You had like Ronald Lauder in there, who's head of the World Jewish Congress. And, you know, you said it's a mix of intelligence agencies, but I mean, you know, we know Mossad engaged in this. I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, uh, Robert Maxwell, I believe they had a lot of compromise I mean, in Yeah, he, he was Mossad. He was given a Mossad burial amount of all of that. Look, look. Yeah, yeah, but they, they also collected sexual blackmail on him as well. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, you know, that's just some of the connections. But I mean, you know, you look at it, Epstein was still meeting the hood Barack after these accusations. Uh, they set up a company together. It was all former Unit 8200 uh, Israeli intelligence officers. The kind of core problem here is you have this outside group 
that we we aren't really able to or allowed to discuss without being being name called. Right? I mean, it's not anti-Italian to talk about the Italian mafia, but I mean, you look at this mega group and it's it's funding all these organizations and it's funding the ADL. Ronald Lauder, he's head of the World Jewish Congress. He was also doing fundraisers for the ADL. Same organization that silences anyone that talks about this. I mean, it, it seems like the major kind of problem here is that you have this this outside entity, right? Because if you deal with that, then it's a lot easier to deal with problems at home, right? Oh, I mean, I already said massage. A huge part of this. All right. So, Alex just said, okay, massage part of this, right? (laughs) But, you know, there was always the big but there. So, what's your take on that? Oh, uh, that's interesting. I wasn't that familiar with that guy. He's got a great accent. Where's he from? He's in the UK. Okay. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to listen to some more of him. And, you know, Alex, when he's on a, you know, a little bit, um, not a direct platform like that, he he really tries to kind of, <laughs> kind of baffle, you know, throw up a baffle. But, um, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. There's so many more people that are starting to, learn the truth about so many things and and then speak about it confidently and with humor and it's uh that's an ultimate weapon along with uh re- you know withdrawing uh funds from these creatures <laughs> and maxwell's name was hawk ha! oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, what i'm fascinated with is we have shifted the Overton window, not only in the U.S., but worldwide, where mm-hmm. I think if you had polled most people on 9-11-2001 and said, what is the name of the Israeli intelligence service? I don't think many people could have told you that. I think most people knew the CIA. Mm-hmm. Most Some people might have known MI5 and MI6 in the UK, but I don't think that many people would know Israeli Mossad. And now, you know, you're hearing all of these people just daily saying Israeli Mossad, Unit 8200, which is their equivalent of our NSA, Unit 269, which is their special forces operatives, of which Ehud Barak and Bibi Netanyahu were part of, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just and they're breaking this down. Yeah, you know, the mega group, you know, the IDF, the you know, uh, all of these things that people have done their homework, and it's like, okay, we know these groups and what they're doing and how they have infiltrated all of these arenas and all these seats of power. And so that has really shifted the Everton window as far as, you know, what is Israel, you know, and it is, just like Jeff Gates said back in the day, criminal state. You know, Mm -hmm. Israel is a criminal state. And, you know, I remember that was one of the first videos uh, when Jeff Gates released his book and the late, great Anthony Lawson did the voiceover work for the for three videos of, you know, criminal state, a, a closer look at Israel's role in terrorism, part one, two, and three. And that was when, you know, basically Anthony Lawson destroyed his fabulous career all those years with the BBC forever. He was the voice of the BBC. Every documentary had Anthony Lawson on it 
But when he came out to you know equate 9-11 with Israel, yeah, that was the end of his career. And, you know, really miss him because, you know, he and I, you know, got to be really good friends, you know, over the years and, you know, exchanging lots of letters and emails, et cetera, and always arguing about, you know, new nuances of 9-11 truth, et cetera. But, you know, he what he went through trying to tell the truth and how he was shut down by Google, YouTube, you know, they were constantly banning his videos, et cetera. But I think he did so much of just really bringing that information out. And now we've got the next generation coming up, all these people that you know, they know all this stuff already. So I find that very um, encouraging that, you know, so many people know, you know, how this system was structured against us and they're calling it out. So uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, like Christmas before last with their, you know, make every movie flop, right? <laughs> like the Santa <laughs> Incorporator or whatever. And everyone <laughs> was talking, you know, elves were Jews, basically. You know, in the comments, and they had to shut down the comments. You know, like you say, people just know. So if we really know, don't go to any of their movies. That is a big money maker for them. And it does that even more important business of brainwashing you, you know, and and using our power for their predictive programming. They couldn't bring the stuff about that they do if it weren't for us being complicit with it, you know? So, And that is so key, you know, of realizing that everything, since Hollywood was created, Mm -hmm. everything they did always had a drop of poison in it. You know, no matter how noble the film or whatever it was always that marxist poison in there about pushing the agenda forward you know just a little bit at a time that's the thing about marxists and their gradualism right they just a little bit two steps forward one step back two steps forward one step back and the stuff that you know they put out now as Christmas movies and you know, Christmas uh-huh. songs, it's you know totally debauched, and of course nobody's buying it anymore, right? Uh-huh. And they I'm don't talking. have patience, you know. They're persistent. They're not patient. Yes, you know? they're transigent and insistent, but they're not patient, and they get frustrated when you call them out. Um, you could compare yeah. Bolshevism to terrorism. If not for Jews, there wouldn't be terrorism. All right. Well, yeah, when you go back and read Trotsky's work on the uh, revolution and revolutionary theory, you know, it was all about terrorism, that you know, terrorism works. If we are going to push this agenda through as quickly as possible, we have to do it with terrorism. And they were the masters of false flag terrorism, where you create the terror but you blame it on your enemy. Let's you and them fight. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so many of the tactics that the Bolsheviks used you know, were always to set up the innocent so that the crowd would turn against the innocent. And here yeah. we are, you know, 20-some years after 9-11, and we're still trying to get the truth out about that it was not 19 Muslims with box cutters on a plane, you know, that and you know, that people like architects and engineers have been shut down 
repeatedly by all of these groups that are supposedly all about science and all about truth and they're all about discussion. But, you know, you try to talk 9-11 truth on any of these college campuses and you're going to get shut down. Take Appalachian State University, for example. I tried to talk about 9-11 truth to their engineering department and was promptly shut down. I was not welcome. You know, those are hate facts. You're not allowed to talk about Building 7 or magic cell phone calls at, you know, Appalachian State University. It's like you can't question the whole hoax either. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It. Yeah. There. Um. Oh yeah, you got a couple calls here, Frederick. Oh, okay. Oh, three now. Yeah, okay. okay. Wow, they jumped in on that. Okay. I just want to add it here before I forget, in, in case I don't, you know, just like I like to say, uh, the whole thing about World War Two is, uh, uh, you know, they were usury free. Germany was usury free for ten years. That's it in a nutshell. Well, what you said about nine eleven that the Israelis had um, hijacked all the uh, launch codes. No, most people don't know that. Yeah, I, You're the only one I've heard it from. So that's kind of in a nutshell why it was let go through. Right, and that was you know interesting that I would hear that from so many people the year before, you know, from 9-11 to when I got blacklisted in 2003, I was still doing a lot of stuff on military bases, military intelligence, naval intelligence. And that was one of the things I kept hearing from my students of, did you know that on 9-11, the codes had been entered? And then after I got out of that arena, I didn't hear that part of 9-11 truth story anymore. So that completely got pushed out. So, Mr. Producer, can we have JP in Chicago, please? Mr. JP, are you there, sir? Hey, guys. Just trying to jump in here. Um, Like you, brother, I I got burned by the government in 2016. And, uh, you know, they took my bank account away, my room. They soft-killed me, you know, same like uh, you back back in the day. But... I gotta, I gotta back you up, brother. You, you got a lot of good information. Everything you're pushing, and Murr, I like you, Murr, from Wisconsin. That's where I, I worked at the University of Wisconsin. I, I was a teacher there in the music department for years, and nice. uh, I miss my, I miss my, I miss my family up there, man. My family, my home, but I got burned. You know, when you get burned, I got burned because I supported Trump and the Tea Party. And my life hasn't been the same since then, but I, I picked up, you know, like everything, you got to fight, you got to fight the battle. You got to go up against the system and, and it's not easy. Yeah. No, it's not. And you know, your life comes at you fast, as we say. And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't get to go back to you know what your life was before. You just have to say, okay, this is my life now. I'm going to keep going forward. So. So I hate that happened to you, but yeah, I'm glad you're still fighting the good fight. Correct. And you can and just brother, love the family at a distance, right? Yeah. Well, I miss my my son. My son is uh, in his twenties now, and and uh, you know, all I got to do is email and text everybody. But right now, I have a, I have to spend at least another ten thousand dollars in attorney fees to to you know fight the system and the court system in Wisconsin. So, uh, yeah. 
Anyway, it's a long long story I don't want to get into, but uh, what do you guys think about Ukraine right now? I've been doing uh, Ukraine updates on my uh, sit reps on uh, J.P. Watchman, J.P. Knight, on my BitChute and uh, Rumble channel, but it looks like Russia is going to town, man. They they threw more missiles in the Kinzals. What's cool, uh, yeah, I, I'm a geek, but these Kinzal missiles are hypersonic, they're super fast, and then they throw off flares. So if, if Patrick missile tries to shoot it down, it throws flares off and and flak, and it, it it actually keeps the the missile from getting hit, and it goes right in and at the, at the at the final um, kill shot. It goes right in at supersonic speed, and you know what? You know acceleration times mass. <laughs> It blows the shit out of the target, <clears throat> and and that's what they've been doing to our Patriot batteries and everything in Ukraine. Uh, have you been following up on that, brother? Right, and yeah, you know, the big thing is that basically the U.S. mockingbird media has completely dropped the Ukraine story, and so you really have to go out now to find anything on Ukraine. And uh, so, what's your take, Mur? Are you seeing the pullback on the coverage? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's just like it never happened now. So I guess they have them where they want them. And I think, uh, you know, the chicken swingers are wanting to move in there. You know, like the Holy Spirit I was told me to look up where the largest uh, JCC, the Jewish Community Center, is. And up oh, right there on the Dnieper River. Gigantic. Yep. You know, it said where you can be refugees in style or whatever, you know. And there's been a bunch of them to go over and check it out, see if it's ready for them yet, I guess. Hey, you, you know what I thought was odd? You know what I thought was odd, guys? On October 7th, when that attack happened by the Gaza, you know, you know, false flag, whatever you want to call it, all the uh, Jews from Russia immigrated in Israel. And it was a huge immigration of Russian Jews. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I thought the Russian, you know, the Jews were with Ukraine working on the other side, but Ukraine Russian war to me, it, it, it's, it's like a psyop in a way they're trying to push a major world war. But mm-hmm. when you got, don't you think that's strange that the, the Russian Jews are rushing to Israel at the time? All right. You know, exactly. it's a little strange. Yeah. 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 Anything else? No, that's it, brothers. I, I, sisters, oh, I have a good night. I love your hey, show. Yeah, thanks God for calling you. in. Stay warm. All right. Uh, Mr. Producer, can we have Bobby? Bobby, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, I like when you play. I like when you played that clip of Maria Farmer. I, you know, they don't play enough of that. People need to go look up that interview with her and Whitney Webb. I love Whitney Webb. I think she does really good work. And in that interview, in everything, all the interviews, the interviews I saw with her on BitChute, she puts Trump right there in all of it. Trump was at his, uh, he might not have been on the island, he might not have been on the airplane or a list, but he was at her, he was at that apartment every night at 9 o'clock, she said. And she also said that his ex-wife, his first wife, used to go around with Elaine and pick up these schoolgirls for the modeling thing they were doing, picking these girls. That I thought that was very interesting. 
And I don't know. I've always had an icky feeling about Trump from the beginning, from 2016 when he was running. The whole Pizza Gate thing broke out, right? I was trying to right. show people that, and everyone thought I was a nut. I still believe it to this day. Every bit of it's true. And he was all in there. And then that's when the, the word fake news came out. Fake news, fake news. It came out of his mouth. Right. His name was being thrown around with all that, too, you know? Yeah. So, all, all right. right. You good go. points. Thanks for calling. You have a good night now. All right, we're getting ready to go into a break. Uh, you are listening to Incendiary Radio with Robert Raybold. I'm the guest host tonight, Mr. Frederick C. Blackburn, and my tag along is Ms. Mer Bailey. We'll be back after these messages. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. 
My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Robert Raybould. I'm your guest host, Frederick C. Blackburn, a.k.a. Blackbird 9. And we got Miss Mer Bailey with us tonight. And uh, Mr. Producer, could we have Larkin, Texas, please? Mr. Larkin, are you there, sir? Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that I am here. Well, I'm just an actor playing a role, you know? Yes. So. Anyway, uh, the reason I called is because you brought up Graham Hart, and it, made me, it reminded me of my my uh, misspent youth somewhat, uh, particularly back in the early to mid-80s, and I was on the left coast at the time. Uh, the thing that I, I was part of that roundtable you mentioned, if I recall. That is true. I think the people that targeted Graham Hart target him primarily for that song because they were playing it at uh, or they were singing it at, at football games, at soccer games. In fact, one of the uh, local teams that had pretty much had adopted it as their song. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, definitely. Hoax Train went viral. So, and it also, re- it, you know, Graham was rather an anomaly uh, because we're about the same age. And so, I mean, just like the 60s, the, the 80s, and especially that new wave punk scene, was very uh, uh, Judeo-centric, shall we say. I think we'd all have to agree in hindsight. Oh, yeah, that was the thing when you go back and look at all those bands and you realize just how kosher they all were. And it's like, oh, my God, I spent my hard-earned money on these albums. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I'll just leave you guys with this in conclusion. 
You know, I'm trying to wean myself off of RBN because, of course, I've been an addict of not just listening to RBN, but uh, being on the Internet. And I, I, there's something tells me that there's something rotten in Denmark about this technology and why we uh, no longer have radically honest conversations with, the, with just people that we meet in real life. Uh, so many of us spend all of our time online connecting with people online that uh, we don't even have relationships with the locals anymore. And it tells me that maybe we don't even have relationships with the people that we care about the most, that are actually physically in our lives. That's something that I'm exploring. The, uh, the, thing I, the question I want to leave the two of you with is the last time I tried to really engage with RBN is when I had a conversation with one of the board ops, Mike. And I was explaining to him how the Department of Defense and the Department of Health and Human Services were actually the ones responsible for the contracts that were awarded uh, to not just the pharmaceutical companies, but to a lot of other agencies and subcontractors and companies to essentially wage war on the American people. And uh, so Mike thought it was worthwhile, and he actually put it up on the RBN website, <clears throat> which I was gratified by. However, no one at the network has picked up on it at all as being significant. And by that I mean this paralegal by the name of Catherine Watt, who lives in Pennsylvania, 15 years experience, her recent discovery of communitarian law as being the, uh, uh, the thing that really needs to be uh, pressed in terms of discovering how it is that not only law enforcement, now the courts, have been turned over to something that is quite foreign and alien to Americans, and it's inimical to their interest. But there's no discussion. She is going to be on next Saturday uh-huh. uh, uh, on RBN, uh, Ingrid Castle's show, and uh, Jenna Chaputis is going to interview her because she's the one that's been chasing her down. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that will spark some kind of discussion. But I, I have to tell you, I am just, uh, I, I shouldn't be shocked. But, I mean, I'm talking to two hosts right now. Right. Uh, I'm curious why people just not find this story interesting and worthy of exploration. Because to me, this is a bombshell. We've got huge swaths of the American people that are literally waging war. I mean, destroying lives of people willy-nilly, left and right. And people are just not batting an eye. And this is tr- truly shocking to me. And I'm almost 70, so I've seen a lot. But, uh, you know, it, it, it tells me that there's something rotten in Denmark and I have a feeling it has to do with this technology, because we're just obviously, you know, we're all like horseshoe magnets. And we keep trying to make connections with other people, but what are we doing? 
instead of connecting the parts of the magnet which will actually attract, we're connecting the parts of that horseshoe magnet which actually repel. We're not connecting. Your comments? Marbelli? Yeah, I, w- I would say, um, you know, although it goes unsaid, um, I've been reading her substack. It's Bailiwick. That's with an I, Bailiwick. Um, news. Uh, uh, is it news.substack? I just put it in the uh, chat. Yeah, bailiwicknews.substack.com. And she seems like a like a reincarnated soul of some sort from a being a monk in a former life or something. And very interesting, Lark. And she came across this on her own, right? Well, she had one of her, she had, uh, she's been researching why we can't get any recompense in the courts. Why no Mm -hmm. justice? Because a lot of people have attempted, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they they keep getting shut down by, uh, you know, district court judges and federal court judges and the like. And mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of like what happened to Jim Fetzer, you know, with his summary judgment, mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing. Well, see, there's an explanation behind all of this. And it's called mm-hmm. communitarian law. It's the same right. law of the European Union. It took 80 years to develop. And this is the model legal underpinning for global governance today in a hyper-connected, you know, data-driven world. Very we're true. not talking about it. We're just not talking about it. It's just, right. it's, it's right. frightening. It's just frightening. I mean, we, we are in a, in a global governance uh, officially since uh, Friday the 13th of March 2020. They shut down the whole world in a week over a frightening virus. And I've contended that that was because subliminally people were affected by Bill Gates, you know, with his vaccines and everything. And then his computers, well... A virus and a computer can be everywhere at once. So whatever this virus is, it can be everywhere at once. So it's just fear mongering. So uh, I agree that we need to get away from the media in particular and using technology to connect. Um, yeah, there is some repulsion and and kudos for you and uh, Jenna to get her on. That's great. I'll I'll be tuning in. That's for sure. Well, you know, another thing that bothers me is all, all of a sudden people have decided that they can't trust their doctors anymore. Well, well, golly. Since well, it's when? good they are, though, right? <laughs> I haven't trusted a doctor since, I mean, I, I haven't trusted a doctor since I was a teenager. What mm-hmm. is wrong with people? Yeah. I wouldn't trust well, a lawyer or a doctor as far as I could spit. It's yeah. the media again. You know, people are just, uh, and if you look uh, on RBN, there was posted uh, Bonnie and uh, John Mitchell and, uh, thing about the sigil magic and everything and how, why this is so effective and these people, get, get rid of the lobotomy box. If you keep the computer that's one thing, but you know, the news comes on at night and it has the circles going this way and that way and it puts yeah. you in and out of hypnosis and um, you know, so it's it's important to monitor yourself, you know. Well, but we've, been, we've known about these things for 25 or 30 years, you know, it's like old news. And, right, uh, but it and, is encouraging that people are finally saying, no, don't go to the doctor. But Al Whitney, you know, Anita Lauren there, right? And I was congratulating her, and I didn't know she was sick at the time, about her uh, don't trust the priests of law or medicine. And um, she said, well, uh, you know, well, I'm just getting to know about the church. And, and you congratulated me. I kind of had a fit. I said, what? 
you know not to trust the you know law and medicine but you're going to trust your spirit <laughs> to that priest you know <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, I, I, yeah. I, 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 and you know, poor uh, Anita. She, I mean, her husband was a physician, and she liked to tell you that all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not riff, I'm not riffraff now. We live well, and uh, yeah. And I think the same thing happened with Bruce McCarthy. You know, his wife was a nurse, and I'm oh. sorry. Uh, you know, if you're brainwashed in school, you were brainwashed in school, and and anymore, I don't trust anybody with a college degree. I don't give a damn really? <laughs> in what discipline. I trust no one. That, that well, the real to... law is don't have any other gods before me. And all of these are gods that come in between you and the real God. You know? Yeah. And, so people don't and, want to hear that either, but that's the truth. Anyway, I've said enough. I appreciate your uh, let yeah, me Yeah, great talk. call. Thanks, Ed, thanks for letting us know about the show this weekend. Be sure yeah. to post that in the chat room for me, okay? Yep. All right, Mr. Producer, can we have Mike in Kentucky, please? Mr. Mike, are you there, sir? Um, am I on? I heard a big two bursts You're of static. You're okay. here. Sunday. I heard two bursts of static that time. Anyway, okay. um, yeah, I think uh, he's uh, he's not wrong about any of that. And uh, what I've seen happening is at the local level, these cities will subscribe basically to a subscription service with lawyers to write their municipal code for them. And uh, that probably has something that probably is marketed out of that uh, Supreme Court ruling about home rule cities, where cities can, uh, uh, they're basically uh, autonomous almost. Uh, They're making laws that make no sense for, you know, anything that would be considered traditional American jurisprudence. Uh, but uh, that's the kind of harmonization that he's talking about with that term uh, communitarian law, where they want to basically make borders irrelevant and uh, what's left but corporations to rule, like in uh, Rollerball, which I read in Media Bypass in the 1990s, that that was one of the top ten movies that was a favorite of lawyers, where these five major corporations ruled the world. Uh, there were corporate city-states. And so you know, municipal corporations subscribe and pay to have uh, lawyers on at the ready to help them with the, the municipal code that they just vote on and pass and go back to playing golf or whatever. Uh, so local city councils, uh, in that respect, I think have lost a lot of control of their, of their uh, own uh, authority. They're relying on those lawyers that are not even local. But uh, anyway, that that part of Al Gore's third way, I guess, or something, communitarianism. Well, we, but what we I had the three city states governing us now for quite some time, right? London. Well, at and, the global level, you're talking about Washington D.C., the Vatican, and London, the city and of London. DC's, DC's job was military, and they maintained that. Uh, but they did at least pay homage to, and the local people still took their oaths of office uh, more seriously and things like that. But what I think we do need to guard guard against, and as an intelligence uh, operative, I'm sure Mike Gaddy and some of these others that come out of the Cold War would would know that we were to guard against uh, demoralization. I think there's still active demoralization campaigns going on uh, wherever they're coming from, public, private, and Israelis or whatever. Uh the Russians, of course, what was it? They they made a big deal of it on the news. 
And by the way, I got kicked off of uh, cable TV the same day, the exact same day, February 18th, that uh, the war started. They passed an omnibus budget bill, and they took down Russia today, RT America, off a satellite. Same day I got kicked off of cable. I've been talking about domestic illegal spying surveillance since the late 90s. Because I had evidence of it, and I put it on a local TV when the phone company finally said one of the op, well, not operatives, uh, technicians finally said, "I don't think there's anything we can do about it. I'll have to go back and check all the stuff." But could somebody have put a clip on your line? And then later, <laughs> when I had proof of it that was undeniable to a former detective, a former, uh, well, current, I guess, private detective, but former law enforcement from a couple of other towns like Los Angeles. He switched over from trying to gaslight me and telling me it was the local two-way radios to, uh, well, Mike, I think they're harassing you. But by then, I knew he he, could, he wouldn't couldn't be trusted because I'd already had other local sources telling me uh, that they had it happen that I personally knew, and uh, like telephone technicians coming forward and talking about it, other businesses, and even I had a caller that kind of ran me down and said, Mike, when that happens, I just unplug my phone. Um, they're not realizing the significance that you're hearing inside of daycare centers or people's homes. Or I even had a witness to a five-year-old's so-called safety phone in 2011 broadcasting live while the kid was playing in his room with his toys. And his mom is like, there's no way he could dial you. How could this be happening? I just bought this phone on Thursday. And they were listening in. The NSA uh, unencrypted audio was coming out of this boy's room while he was playing with a phone that was less than three days old. On the hook. Mike, yes. That shows how creepy they are, isn't, doesn't it? I mean, this Luciferian brotherhood and snarfing up the children and... Well, you're talking about that. being blacklisted is what I'm getting at. Blacklisted for me goes way back to the late 90s. And um, when Mark Klein came out with the Sessionizers, it took 16 years or something before William Benny admitted that while he was working in his unit there, world technology director, whatever he called himself, there was somebody from Unit 8200 or was attached to Unit 8200 that gave them the software in the late 90s for these Sessionizers. So the Israelis have been able to listen in and blackmail people for 27 years, exactly. 26 years. BB knows. Tell him. Yep. yep. <laughs> Spot on. Right. Well, nobody would listen to me. I'm a conspiracy theorist, tenfold hat. I've even had proof. Put it on all the ABC and NBC network television affiliates across this country that I could in both their production and their news folders in something called the file transfer protocol, or I'm sorry, um, FTP files. Yeah, file transfer protocol. Mm -hmm. And I went back over that summer in, 19, in uh, 2009 and reposted it wherever it was deleted and noticed that it stayed up. Well, then that computer died about six months after I started doing that. And so... Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's still copies out there or not, but not one dang reporter called me and said, what is this? What, what's this bandwidth bandits crap? And oh, when no. Jewel versus NSA uh, got thrown out, uh, I called up on a Friday, and I think I caught him in lunch, at lunch in San Francisco, and a grouchy woman said, 
we don't have the bandwidth to handle your case. And I'm like, well, that's a curious choice of words. I hadn't told her the name <laughs> <Really>? of the video. <laughs> yeah, curious choice of words she gave me. I think it was the dang lawyer that heads up or headed up that case. Then finally, they got it. It got thrown out in the Western District of New York. The judge says, "Look, the government's never going to recognize this evidence you've entered, even though it was evidence they're using against Snowden and and Assange, the leaked stuff from the Ant uh, catalog, the Advanced Network Technology catalog." And they said. You've got to prove damage. Well, I've got victims of damage. So I contacted William Benny's lawyer in Pennsylvania. His case, the second case, his lawyer was in Nashville. I called him up, and he was out at a bar. And he said, call me back tomorrow. I told him a little bit about it. But uh, I also found William Benny on a, on a professional's forum and messaged him. And they both blew me off. Oh, yeah. So I started looking at William Benny again. And, you know, he doesn't hardly mention... The Israelis at all. He'll post a slide. He'll, he will say, I don't know when I left. Uh, I couldn't possibly know everything that was going on at NSA when I left in 2001. And who's familiar with the five-part series from Fox News? Carl Cameron. Right. Mm-hmm. That was my first video I ever uploaded on YouTube in 2007. There was 12 other accounts that had the video up that had the slide. I got. I scarfed it off of Mike Rivero's webpage. And I re-uploaded it. I thought, I'll see if this YouTube is worth fooling with. Three oh, hours later, I, like I, check, I went back I'm and sorry. checked how many views I've got. And the video was pulled down, but the other 12 accounts still had the same video up that said, it's classified, I can't tell you about the FBI, and or I can't tell you about the Israelis and their involvement in 9-11. And, Mike, you got to look at Benny and uh, Snowden. Snowed in, right? And they yeah. had some leg problems. They used to call that kneecapping, right? Well, and he had a, according to the movie, Oliver Stone directed, and they left out a bunch of key stuff that should have been in there. Oliver Uh, Stone's name is Silverstein. There's a clue. Right. Well, and uh, they they, they portrayed him as having a... I'm sorry to be pushy here, Mike, but it looks like we got one caller that's been hanging on. What do you think here, E.B.? Okay. Uh, Well, last last point, though, is that uh, they left, they let the the mechanism they said for him leaving NSA was that he had a seizure disorder and the medication was going to reduce his mental sharpness, mm-hmm. and so he left because he didn't want to take the medication. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, yeah, it's hard. You know, we haven't seen mess. all of his stuff either. We haven't seen all of his stuff. But yep. I encourage anybody to look into that and don't be demoralized. This is the kind of stuff yep. we can win in court with. I I know a guy that got. Uh, Basically, I told him, I said, look, you, you, your phone data, you should be able to, to, to uh, use that in the discovery process, demand it in your defense, and they'll drop your case. Because they will not admit friends. the Special Operations Division is harvesting all this data. They're not supposed to admit it. All right, thanks. Thanks, right, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Courts are not our friends, okay? Right. They'll just bring in whatever federal judge, and they'll overturn whatever, like they did with the... Second Amendment stuff in Missouri. Go ahead, BB. All right. Mr. Producer, we have Mr. Jack in Massachusetts, please. Mr. Jack, are you there, sir? Good evening, folks. Greetings. Thanks Um, for hanging in there. Hi. Thank you. Real quick. We're about to run out of time here. All right. Um, Look, I want to move forward. We got to give up all of these historical enigmas that entrap our minds, they entice our minds, they, they lead us down a rabbit hole. We got to get ready for the future. Now I'm, I'm, you know, a lark 
he said he was almost 70. Well, I am 70. And uh, we we have to prepare the the the, the future for our, the generations that are to follow. And um, we're we're entering a new phase of communication. Now, everyone was uh, the, you know the, the cabal, the the clique, whatever. They were they were all in favor of freedom of speech. But once freedom of speech equals freedom of reach, they that's what we're that's what we're up against right now. They don't mind you standing on a corner shouting, you know, your 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 issues. But uh, when you get on social media and and all of what that represents, so we're we're dealing with a technological evolution of the species. Literally, it's the species we're evolving. Electro, you know, I mean, our brains are operating electro chemically, magnetically, what have you. Uh, and I'm speaking to you with this little waffle thing in my hand, which is totally insane if you think about it. we got to stop. I mean, we're advancing so quickly. We're not, we're not um, taking advantage of the, of, of the advancements that we've made. We're, you know, half the time we're caught up in the past, but we have to be really focused on the future. And uh, I want to uh, introduce, I mean, I'm a, I'm a futurist myself, but we really have to get involved in our conversations with what are, what are these language models? Because they're going to be, they are a big thing. I don't know if you're invo- involved with that. I am. But uh, they're they're critical to, I mean, all all we're doing, we're we're just passing language back and forth. We're talking words. We've got this linear, you know, basically we're at at the phase of Gutenberg 2.0, okay? Right. And uh, I I hope that, well, I guess we're running out of time, but we're really on the verge of a new evolution so i just don't want to be caught up in the past you know the Good future point. Should, look the, for the learn from the past but look for the future right i'd say adaptation not evolution all right thank you mr jack you have a great evening now and miss bradley thank you so much for joining me tonight you have thank been you, listening Patrick. to incendiary radio mr robert Volt. i am your guest host frederick c blackburn like to thank everyone for coming out this evening and until next time i will see you all at the rendezvous printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. 
Contact Brad at 3dbunkers.com for more details or visit 3dbunkers.com. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 